0: Chapter 18 of Elsie's Widowhood by Martha Finley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sweet Pea. Chapter 18. The sea, the sea, the open sea, the blue, the fresh, the ever free, Proctor. The summer vacation brought Edward Travilla home just in time for his cousin Isa's wedding. He had grown so manly and so like his father in appearance that at sight of him his mother was much overcome. His first, his warmest, tenderest greeting was for her. He held her to his heart, his own too full for speech, while she wept upon his shoulder. But only for a moment, lifting her head, she gazed long and searchingly into his face. Then, with a sigh of relief, Thank God, she whispered, that I can believe my boy has come back to me as pure and innocent as he went. I hope so mother your love your teachings and my father's have been my safeguard in many an hour of temptation he answered with emotion did you not seek help from above my son she asked gently yes mother you had taught me to do so and i knew that you too were daily seeking it for me yes my dear boy i think there was scarce a waking hour in which i did not ask a blessing on my absent son the mother dried her tears grandparents brothers and sisters drew near and embraced the lad servants shook him by the hand and ion was filled with rejoicing as never before since the removal of its master and head tongues ran nimbly as they sat about the tea-table and on the veranda afterward so much had happened to the young collegian so many changes had taken place in the family connection since he went away that there was a great deal to tell and to hear on both sides the voices were blithe, and there was many a silvery peal of laughter mingled with the pleasant cheery talk. Isa's and Molly's matches were discussed in a most kindly way, for Edward was quite curious to hear all about them and the preparations for the approaching wedding. Cyril had arrived earlier in the day, was taking tea at Roselands, but would pass the night at Ion, which Edward was glad to hear, as he wished to make his acquaintance. A summer at the seashore had been decided upon some weeks ago, and Edward, to his great gratification, had been empowered to select a cottage for the family to occupy during the season, his aunt Adelaide and her husband assisting him with their advice. He announced with much satisfaction that he had secured one that he thought would accommodate them well, several guests in addition, if mamma cared to invite any of her friends, and please every one. It is a large, convenient well even handsomely furnished and but a few yards from the shore he said the country is pretty about there too pleasant walks and drives through green lanes fields and woods but where is it edward asked violet not far from long branch and there are some half-dozen other seaside places within easy driving distance there were exclamations of delight and impatience to be there from the younger ones while the mother covered up with a smile and a few words of commendation to edward the pain in her heart at the thought that her best beloved would not be with his wife and children beside the sea this summer as in former years her father and rose were thinking of that too with deep sympathy for her in a moment the same thought presented itself to edward and violet and they drew closer to their mother with loving caressing looks and words but memories of Lester, and their walks and talks together when last she was at the seashore, were filling the mind of the younger Elsie with emotions, half of pleasure, half of pain. When should they meet again? Then the sudden silence that had fallen upon the group about her mother, and a glance at that loved mother's face, reminded her also of the father who would return no more, and whose companionship had been so dear a delight to her and to them all. It was Rosie who broke the silence at length. "Mamma, can we not go pretty soon? Yes, daughter, in about a week. The journey was made without accident. The cottage and its vicinity found to be all that Edward had represented. They had brought some of their own servants with them, and had nothing to do with hotel or boarding-house life. Elsie had always loved the quiet and seclusion of home, and clung to it now more than ever, yet for her children's sake she would not shut out society entirely both edward and his sisters were free to invite their young friends to partake of the hospitalities of their mother's house but without noise or revelry for which indeed they themselves had no heart for a while the society of his mother and sisters was quite sufficient for edward and his for them they were all so strongly attached to each other and he had been so long away from home that it was very delightful to be together once more mr and mrs dinsmore were at that time visiting relatives in philadelphia and its vicinity and his grandfather's absence gave edward the long coveted opportunity to try how nearly he could fill his father's place as his mother's earthly prop it was a dear delight to have her lean upon his arm rely upon his strength consult him about business or family matters he was very proud and fond of his lovely sisters, prouder and fonder still of his sweet and beautiful mother. He quite longed to show her to all his college friends, yet would not for the world have her grief intruded upon by them with their thoughtless gaiety. During these weeks that they were entirely alone, she gave herself up wholly to her children, seeking to secure to them the greatest possible amount of innocent enjoyment. No tasks were set, there was no attempt at regular employment and almost the whole day was spent in the open air. Together they sported in the surf, strolled on the beach, or sat in the sand, revelling in the delicious sea-breeze and the sight of the ever-restless, ever-changing, beautiful ocean, with its rolling, tumbling, dashing waves. They were there early in the morning, sometimes in season, to watch the sun rise out of the water, and often again when the silvery moonlight lent its witchery to the scene. "'but there came a day when the rain poured down so continuously and heavily "'that they were glad to take refuge from it in the house. "'They gathered in a room overlooking the sea, "'the ladies with their fancy work, Rosie with their doll, "'while Harold and Herbert helped little Walter to build block houses, "'and Edward read aloud a story selected by the mother, "'as entertaining and at the same time pure and wholesome. "'She was careful in choosing their mental food.' she would no sooner have suffered her children's minds to be poisoned than their bodies. As Edward closed the book upon the completion of the story, "Mamma," said the younger Elsie, do you quite approve of all the teachings the author has given there? Or perhaps I should rather say the sentiments she has expressed? Not quite, but what is it you do not approve? The mother answered with an affectionate and pleased look at the earnest face of the questioner. I am glad to see that you are not ready to be carried about with every wind of doctrine. It is her comment upon her heroine's effort to escape from her trouble by asking help from God. She speaks as if, had the girl been older and wiser, she would have known that God had the welfare and happiness of other people to consult as well as hers, and couldn't be expected to sacrifice them for her sake. Well, daughter, it seems to me to show a very low estimate of God's power and wisdom, since he is infinite in both can he not so order events as to secure the best good to all his creatures yes my child i am sure he can and we need never fear that he is not able and willing to help his people in every time of trouble the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous runneth to it and is safe the righteous cry and the lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles he does not always answer just as we desire it is true but often in a better way for we in our folly and short-sightedness sometimes ask what would prove in the end a curse instead of a blessing mamma how happy we would be if we had perfect faith and trust said violet yes if we fully believed the inspired assurance we know that all things work together for good to them that love god we should not fret or grieve over losses crosses or disappointments strive after such faith my children and pray constantly for it, for it is the gift of God. There was a little pause, broken only by Walter's prattle, the plash of the rain and the murmur of the sea. Edward seemed deep in thought, taking a low seat at his mother's knee. "Mamma," he said, I want to have a talk with you, and perhaps this is as good a time as any. Well, my dear boy, what is it? Do you think, mamma, that I ought to go into the ministry?' "'My son,' she said, looking at him in some surprise, "'that is not a question to be decided in a moment, "'or without asking God's guidance. "'You would be willing, mother?' "'More than willing, glad and thankful, "'if I saw reason to believe that you were called of God to do that work. "'To be truly an ambassador of Christ is, in my esteem, "'to stand higher than any of earth's potentates. "'Yet, if your talents do not lie in that direction, "'I would not have you there.' it is every man's duty to serve god to the utmost of his ability but all are not called to the ministry some can do far better service in other walks of life and i should prefer to have a son of mine a good carpenter mason or shoemaker rather than a poor preacher you do not mean poor in purse mamma queried harold joining the little group no a poor sermonizer one lacking the requisite talents diligence or piety to proclaim God's truth with faithfulness and power. "'How can one tell to what work he is called, Mamma? Edward asked, with an anxious, perplexed look. "'By watching the leadings of God's providence and by earnest prayer for his direction. Also, I think if a lad has a decided bias for any one profession or employment, it is a pretty sure indication that that is what he is called to, for we can almost always do best what we most enjoy doing.' "'Then I think I should study medicine,' said Harold, "'for I should greatly prefer that to anything else. "'And don't you think, Mamma, that a doctor may do really as much good as a minister?' "'Quite as much, if he is a devoted, earnest Christian, "'ready to do good as he has opportunity. "'Therefore I entirely approve your choice.' "'Thank you, Mamma. So I consider it quite settled,' Harold returned with a look of great satisfaction. "'Now, Ed and Herbie, what will you be?' "'As Herbert never likes to be separated from you, "'I presume he too will choose medicine,' the mother remarked, "'with a smiling glance at her third son, "'as he too came and stood by her side. "'I don't know, mamma. "'It seems to me doctors have a dreadfully hard life.' "'Ah, I fancy a life of elegant leisure would suit you best, my laddie,' "'laughed his eldest brother.' "'But the mother's look was grave and a little anxious. "'Herbert saw it don't be troubled about me mamma dear he said putting his arms round her neck and looking lovingly into her eyes i do mean to fight against my natural laziness but do you think i ought to choose so very hard a life as harold means to not if you have talent for something useful which would better suit your inclinations can you think of any such thing couldn't i be a lawyer you can never rise to eminence in that profession without a great deal of hard work an author then the same answer will fit again his mother returned with a slight smile has not your cousin molly worked very hard for a number of years herbert drew a long deep sigh then brightening i might be a publisher he said i don't suppose they work very hard and they can have all the new books to read oh herbie said violet think of the great number of letters they must have to write and manuscripts to read besides many other things no, my boy, you cannot do or be anything worthwhile without work, and a good deal of it, said his mother. So I hope you will make it your earnest, constant prayer, that you may have grace to overcome your besetting sin of indolence, and to be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The Bible bids us, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men. "'Edward, you have not told us yet what you wish to be,' said his sister, Elsie. "'My inclination,' he answered in grave, earnest tones, "'is to take my father's place in every way possible, First, in the care of my darling, precious mother, "'taking her hand and lifting it to his lips, "'after that in cultivating the Ion plantation "'and making myself a good, upright, useful church member and citizen. "'A worthy ambition, my boy,' the mother said with emotion. My strong desire is that you may follow as closely as possible in the footsteps of your honored father. I never knew a better man, in the pulpit or out of it. His was a truly Christian manhood, and like his master he went about doing good. Then, mother, with your approval my choice is made, and with your permission I shall spend some time in an agricultural college after finishing the course where I am you shall do as you wish you shall have every advantage i can give you my other boys also if they will improve them your girls too mamma asked Rosie. yes indeed mamma answered bestowing a smile and a kiss upon the young questioner at that moment the tea-bell summoned them to their evening meal edward took his father's seat at the table his father's place in asking a blessing upon the food as they left the table they perceived that the rain had ceased the clouds had broken away from the setting sun, and its red light streamed over the dark waters like a pathway of fire. They were all gathered on the porch, watching, as usual, the changing beauty of the sea and the clouds, when a young man, in the undress uniform of a lieutenant in the army, opened their gate and came with a brisk, manly step up the walk leading to the house. As he drew near, he lifted his military cap, bowed low to the ladies, then, stepping upon the porch, added a card to Mrs. Travilla. "'Donald Keith,' she read aloud, and holding out her hand with a sweet, welcoming smile. "'How do you do, cousin?' she said. "'I am very glad to see you. "'But to which branch do you belong?' "'I am a younger brother of the Reverend Cyril Keith, "'lately married to a Miss Conley,' the young officer answered, "'as he took the offered hand.' He wrote me of your great kindness to him, and when I learned, a few hours since, who were the occupants of this cottage, I felt that I must come and thank you. I hope I do not intrude, cousin. No, indeed, we are always ready to welcome relatives. Now let me introduce these other cousins, my boys and girls. The young man spent the whole evening in the company of these new-found relatives, and went away highly delighted with them all. He had several weeks' furlough, was staying at a hotel nearby, and promised himself great enjoyment in the society of the dwellers in the cottage, and they were pleased with him. "'He seems a very nice, clever fellow-mother,' Edward remarked.
1: "'Yes,'
0: she said. "'He has very agreeable manners and talks well, and knowing that he comes of a godly race, I hope we shall find him in all respects a suitable companion for you and your sisters.' I am glad of his coming for your sakes, for I fear you may have felt the want of young society. Oh, no, mamma! they all protested. We could not have enjoyed ourselves better. It has been so nice to have you quite to ourselves. End of chapter 18